You know, if you think about it, things that you do are only weird from another person's perspective. Welcome to Coyote Tales. I'm your host. My name is Donna Shannon. Once upon a time, I was once known as Coyote, so that's where that weird-ass name comes from. And it's January 2021. Oh, thank God. 2020 is over, so now we get to endure the horrors of a brand new year. But uh, like most people, January brings times of resolutions. I don't really believe in resolutions. I always fail at them, I suck at them, and then I get discouraged. So I don't really do that. But at the beginning of the year, I kind of set some goals, some things that I want to do a little bit differently. And yes, one of my big ones this year is the whole weight issue. Uh, I know you're probably not going to get a chance to see my darling face, but to give you a picture of who I am and what I look like, I'm five foot eight, 200 pounds or so. And uh, so I'm a curvy girl. Let's just put it that way. Curvy. Well, a little too curvy lately. Uh, thanks to COVID, I actually thought I lost weight, uh, but then it turned out my muffin top turned into a tortilla. The jeans might be fitting better. It's just a matter of redirection, not really weight loss. So anyways, I ate enough crap during the holidays, went way overboard with the sweets and everything, so I'm over it. I'm done. Did hear the doctor going over the CDC recommendations for 2021. And again, the, you know, they're saying less sugar and things like that. And so the doctor on the news was going, so if you're eating, it, important note, important note, do not eat sugar on a habitual or regular basis. So quote from the doctor, if you're eating cake every now and then, that's fine. If you're eating cake every Wednesday, that's a problem because that's habitual. And I'm like, well, thank God. All I have to do is cut out cake on Wednesday and I'm good to go. It's, it's all about Wednesday, right? It's the Wednesday cake combination. But no worries, I have pie. So it's taken care of. But anyways, I digress. A few years ago, when we went to this nutritionist, my husband Ryan and I, she recommended that we do a dietary cleanse. And in my case, I had the more harsh determination on the dietary cleanse. So I had to cut out red meat and gluten. And of course, no dairy. So it's getting bad now. That's no yogurt. That's no cheese. That's no none of that stuff. Uh, and then also the no sugar. And that included fruit. Oh my God. What was I supposed to be eating during this time period? I would go up and down the aisles of the grocery store and just be perpetually angry. Just like, well, there's not a freaking thing I can eat in here. And it was just, gah. I, I will tell you this though. After having to do this dietary cleanse for three weeks, I, uh, 
understand why my vegan friends are so angry all the time. It's like they can't find food. You can't find anything to eat. And God help you if you've got the gluten allergy as well. Because now, not only can you can't find anything to eat, if you happen to find something, you're going to pay three times as much for that puppy. It's just not fair. I would stand in the aisle of the crackers, looking in that tiny, tiny section of all the organic, free-range, bullshit kind of crackers, and I'm picking up the box, and I'm reading through it, and I'm like going through the... reading all the damn ingredients, going, okay, I'm good. All right, that's fine. (gasps) Oh, shit! Rice flour! Rice is gluten! God damn it! And throw the crackers down the aisle and just storm off in a in a huff. It was awful. But I will say this, after three weeks of this nonsense, you know, I did feel a bit better. I was still hangry all the time. Couldn't wait for that thing to be done. But the good thing is it did instill some permanent dietary changes in me. So now I do really enjoy eating raw vegetables, raw foods, not raw meat, except for sushi. I'm not going to, no, no steak tartare. Can't do that. So I now will get cravings for fresh vegetables, especially if I've been eating a lot of crap lately. Yeah, interesting enough, a couple of years ago, I was visiting my dad and stepmom at their house in New Orleans. I was down there for a conference. I was speaking at the conference. And I come in, it's about 10 o'clock at night. My dad is still up, but I am starving. I've been eating garbage conference food all day. And I go, oh man. I need some raw vegetables. And my dad, who's a Texan native, looks at me just with a confused eye. And he's like, raw vegetables? Do you want to eat raw vegetables at 10 o'clock at night? I'm like, yes, dad, raw vegetables. He's like, well, I got some candied pineapple if you'd like that. I'm like, okay, first of all, that's not a uh, vegetable. um, And nor is it raw. That's candied. No, raw vegetables. Well, I could open up a can of green beans for you. Uh, Once again, not raw. No thanks. And I'm like, surely you've got to have something in your fridge. So I go digging through the fridge and I find in the vegetable drawer a bag of zucchini that they were going to use for a casserole. I'm like, aha, perfect. Because I will take a zucchini and I will slice that puppy up and I will eat it like cookies. It's these vegan organic free-range bullshit cookies slices of zucchini and oh my god what happens to your life when you consider a slice of zucchini just as good as a cookie so anyways my dad is just looking at me like i have lost my mind because i am eating the casserole ingredients instead of some eating some real food you know like candied pineapple probably already figured out I am married. I have been married to my husband Ryan for 14 years at this point and that's really quite a great statement for him because when we got together I had three teenagers in the house and my mom lived with me. Now uh, 
my kids are all grown. They're mostly moved out. They bounce back and forth every now and then. But uh, my mom continued to live with us for another 11 years after we got married. So either that man is a saint or I'm probably the best cook on the planet. And thank God I am because you would have thought there would be some benefits to having my mom around. But no, nope. She was like teenager number four. Uh, like she wouldn't, oh, she was like the worst one of the bank, bunch too. She uh, gave me sass. She wouldn't clean her room and God help it if she would ever cook anything. No, I mean it like God help us if she could cook anything because my mom was the worst cook on the planet. Oh, good Lord. Ugh. My mom's cooking was so bad that uh, we used to use her biscuits and gravy to make a brick shed in the backyard. It's still standing. She moved out in 2017. That thing is more solid than the foundation of our house. And we're from Texas, so that's like sacrilege. You know, I literally did use her recipes for cookies to kill cockroaches one day. Uh, yeah, it's bad. I think uh, the CDC probably had it listed as a level four biohazard. I mean, that's worse than COVID. Not something you really, really want to be putting into your body. Uh, let me give you a little tip too. If um, crock pots should be a source of comfort, right? We all love crock pots. Just started in the morning, you come home and you've just got that wonderful smell permeating your house. You hit it as the moment you walk in the door. Not so with my mom's cooking. Oh dear God, that was more like a threat because in her hands, a crock pot was synonymous with a medieval torture device. Because the worst part about a crock pot, when uh, you've got like the nastiest, most disgusting sauerkraut ever created, permeating every wood grain pour in your house is that it's pure torture, pure torture. And I'm a Gen X, so when my parents raised me, yeah, they didn't believe in making you a custom dinner. You ate what you got or you ate nothing. Or even worse, it became breakfast. Ugh. So let me tell you about one of her real world recipes. Uh, so my mom's recipe for chicken fried steak. First things first, get the cheapest possible cut you can find at the grocery store. You know, maybe not like a chuck roast, that's too good. Mm -mm. No, mm. here we go. Scraps of meat for stew. Perfect, it's already cut into strips. Ugh. Okay, so you take that and you lay it out on the counter and you pound the crap out of it. Just make it as flat as you possibly freaking can. Perfect. Now let's make the coating. So I think she used milk on for the wet and then you make flour. Don't worry about salt or pepper. You don't need salt or pepper. Screw that. It's going to have that in the gravy, right? So then you dip these pieces of meat and you dip them in the flour. And then you throw them in a pan with a ton of oil. We're just going to fry the crap out of them. And you know that you're done when you pick it up out of the pan and it stays stiff as a board. Perfect. Ugh. Yeah. 
let's move on to the gravy. So what you do with the gravy is you take that uh, flour that you dip the raw meat into. We're going to dump about a, I don't know, somewhere between two tablespoons and a quarter of a cup into the oil that you just used to make this chicken fried steak. Uh, yeah. And to that, we're going to add a quarter of a teaspoon salt and one eighth of a teaspoon pepper. Make that like a mash, kind of resembles glue, a greasy glue. And now we're going to add fresh milk to that, about a cup's worth. And then you push it around until it congeals to something, oh, I don't know, that sort of looks like gravy, kind of, but with massive lumps in it. And then, of course, to finish off this culinary masterpiece, let's, uh, oh, don't have potatoes? Don't bother with that. Takes too long to mash them anyways. Just take a piece of white bread and rip it apart with your hands. That's as good as mashed potatoes. And then you can put that gravy over your chicken fried steak and your bread. Yeah, that's my mom's authentic southern chicken fried steak abomination. Yeah. And that wasn't even just when I was a kid. She continued these nightmares when she lived with us. She actually fooled my daughter once into eating her scrambled eggs. How can you screw up scrambled eggs, right? Stick with me here, because this is a classic recipe from the awfulness that was my mom's cooking. So she got up early and she's going to make scrambled eggs for everybody. But there was no milk in the house. So she decided to use ranch dressing mmm because ranch dressing is the same thing as milk at least in my mother's mind there are so many other solutions uh like water you can use water to make scrambled eggs or maybe uh take your lazy butt to the store and get some milk or maybe fry the eggs abandon the whole scrambled egg issue and go a different direction nope Ranch dressing was the way to go. I saw her doing this, and I'm like, I am not eating that. But my daughter is not aware, and she comes into the kitchen. Oh, look, scamby eggs. And she puts that in her mouth, and she's all like, Oh, dear God, what happened to these eggs? And she's like, trying to subtly scrape them out of her mouth, but she's still got the taste in there. And my mom is like sitting there, blissfully unaware, chomping down on this stuff, going, eggs are great. And she goes, I think using ranch dressing for milk worked perfectly. And the look of horror in my daughter's eyes when she put two and two together to understand that there was ranch dressing in her scrambled eggs. I don't think she's ever been the same. There's just a unique type of PTSD that comes along with ranch dressing and scrambled eggs. It doesn't work. Don't do it. So anyways, there you go. A few cooking tips from my mom for you today. Tune in to, uh, to the next episode and I'll regale you with some more of our coyote tales.